Welcome to No Wrong Answers. I'm your host, Kyle Palmer. We are still on an irregular summer schedule, but we are excited to remind you that we will be launching Season 3 of No Wrong Answers soon. We have gotten financial support for a new round of fresh weekly episodes, and those will start to appear in your podcast feed later this month. We're very excited as well to let you in on some new developments and No Wrong Answers, some things we're going to try out and can't wait to share all that with you. Until then, we wanted to bring you a special episode to fill some of that space before we get there. It's a conversation I had recently with a teacher whose voice many of you will recognize. He's one of our regular panelists, David Muhammad. He teaches international relations and economics at Shawnee Mission East High School in Kansas. That's just across the state line from Kansas City, Missouri, where we tape No Wrong Answers. And a classroom debate that David moderated over the Confederate flag recently went viral. It was retweeted on Twitter more than 100,000 times and written up in Ebony, Teen Vogue, and the Washington Post. All that despite the fact that the debate happened nearly three years ago. That's right. In October 2015, the student newspaper, The Harbinger, was filming when Christopher Justice, who was then a sophomore made the argument in David's class that the Confederate flag should be considered a racist symbol, and he quoted the Confederate Constitution to do so. Other than this one bit, it is exactly the same as that of the United States. Quote, no bill or attainder ex post, ex post facto law or law denying or impairing the right of property in Negro slaves shall be passed. So it says no matter what, we will keep our slaves. Justice has since graduated high school, but I recently talked with him and No Wrong Answers David Muhammad about what was said back then and why it still seems to resonate now. Uh, Firstly, I think that I was much skinnier back then. Secondly, I still agree with the argument that I made, and uh, my opinion on the Confederate flag remains the same as it was back then. I still stand by my argument because the Confederates weren't shy about saying why they were leaving the Union. They wrote down several documents saying this is why we did it. So it just annoys me uh, that people keep on saying they were fighting for states' rights when they they're telling you what they were fighting for. It would be like ignoring what the American Revolution was fought over. Uh, David Muhammad, you were the teacher that set up this conversation. You watch in the video, I mean, there's dozens of students in this classroom. What were you trying to do that day? What was your goal as a teacher? Well, it was actually an open debate. It was during seminar, like a study hall period, where we invited really anybody to come out. And my main goal was, one, to keep things civil, and, and two, to try to somehow facilitate an an academic discussion that had no, really no boundaries or structure. It was very organic. I just really wanted to see where it went and try to follow that in a manner that would keep things civil. And this was, I mean, the context for this, this was just a few months after the the shooting at the, the historic black church in Charleston, South Carolina, where nine parishioners were killed by um, Dylan Roof. Um, So that was certainly maybe on your mind, but this was before Uh, Charlottesville. This was before the ongoing debate still about the Confederate flag and Confederate monuments. So looking back on that now for both of you, do do you feel, why do you think this video and why now in in, in the way that it became so high profile in such a short amount of time? Why? I honestly couldn't really tell you. I feel like the debate is still going on, but the thing that really caught me off guard was the fact that uh, It was like an explosive that didn't go off at the proper time, and then you wait for a while and think it's not going to go off, that it's a dud, and then it goes off, and you're like, oh, my God, why did this happen now? Right. Um, I can't really tell you why it happened now because, you know, we're still having the same argument. Yeah, and I think um, 
it's one of those like lightning in a bottle moments. Mm. I, I think you can't look away from the fact that the political climate right now, we have a very divided nation and people are people are going to extremes on both ends of all arguments. There was no necessary like reason why it popped up now, but I do understand how it once it did pop up, why it caught on quickly because people are at a point right now where they're trying to decide which side of history they want to be on. And I think that this triggered a lot of the same feelings and, and anger that people have been holding in for a while. And um, seeing kids speak about it really kind of, you know, poked at people. In a lot of Do ways. you, That's yeah. And as a teacher, I mean, what have you, what do you take from this? Or you, you, you said this was a, a I mean, the way you describe it, it seems like a fairly unique circumstance. It was not necessarily an organized classroom debate, but just based on watching the video, you can see kids feel comfortable speaking their mind in your classroom in front of you. I mean, what have you taken from this? I I think that this shows that people need to talk. I mean, if you look at, like, students' lives, uh, and and Chris can, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's never a time or a space to discuss hot-button issues in their lives. Maybe in between class, maybe at lunch, but... Every environment is so, you have to be so politically correct or you're focused on chemistry, you're focused on math, you're focused on gym class, whatever else. And even in in your social studies classes where a lot of that discussion should be happening, you got curriculum bogging you down. So people want to talk about this stuff and they just need a space to be able to let it out and be allowed to make mistakes and not be judged or say something in an inflammatory way and and get it all the way out completely without somebody jumping down their throat. And you can't do that at a protest. You can't do that at a political rally. It can only happen in very confined settings to some extent where it can be controlled, but also allow people uh, an opportunity to talk. And I think the kids really appreciated that. This wasn't our first discussion. This hasn't been our last discussion. It's just the one that's caught on the most. Yeah. And Chris, what what would you say to that? Did you agree with some of the things he's saying at your experiences as a student? Yeah. Um, I feel like you really can't discuss this anywhere else. Uh, it's not just the teachers. It's uh, also the students. I feel like, uh, you know, people on the left and the right are just like, especially students, they're insanely sensitive these days. Like uh, I was once having a conversation with a friend about religion and we were talking about the Hindu faith. And I mentioned that people who follow it, I said something along the lines of, yeah, Hindus believe in reincarnation. And somebody said, that's racist. You can't call them Hindus. And I was just like, that's what they're called. <laughs> that's what they call themselves. That's. I just feel like people hear a word that they, that they aren't familiar with where they're like, okay, this is referring to a group of people, but I'm not familiar with it. It must be offensive. So what, yeah. made, what made this setting different? What made this – because it, was, it wasn't only you. There were students who were on the exact opposite side saying that it's a symbol of patriotism and heritage. But you were all in the same room saying these things and no one was getting physically confrontational. You all were saying your, your, your piece. What made this setting different and, and, and productive? Hmm. I think it was the fact that it was a classroom. I mean, like, there's something psychological that happens when you walk into a space, like an, an academic space, right? Like, if it had been outside or, you know, something of that nature, then there's an openness to that. And I think when you walk into a classroom, one, I set some very clear guidelines from the jump of what we were going to allow and what we weren't going to allow. Um, and I think that that tone started off in a positive way and it maintained. And I think that's something that any teacher can do. 
Um, so it wasn't like it was special to me or special to Sean Mission East. I think that's just what teachers do. Um, that ha- this is how we've been taught to to lead and to guide and and push students towards the right towards this kind of conversation and document-based thinking. So um, I think the classroom is a perfect place for this kind of uh, dialogue. Chris? I can't speak for everybody else because, and I'm not saying this to brag or anything, but I'm not like most students. Like, um, I usually speak my mind no matter what to a fault, actually. Yeah, he's not lying. Yeah, we should say, yeah, David is uh, is uh, nodding vigorously. (laughs) Regardless of uh, whatever environment I'm in, like, if I'm not at work or someone's paying me to be professional, I'm usually not afraid to speak up. Um, yeah, again, I can't say the same for other students, but, uh, like, I went in there, I, you know, studied beforehand, and I was I was ready to go from my, You had the receipts. As, yeah, exactly. As, as receipts. you've come to learn, you had the receipts. Yeah. I don't know. For me, um, it's all been very humbling in a lot of ways because it makes me recognize the responsibility that we have with our words and our moments. I, I, my sister pointed out to me something like, be glad that it wasn't something negative that went viral. You know, like me having a rant in class and getting mad at a student and they video it with their phone and now that's the viral thing. Um, so I'm t- trying to take responsibility with this moment. I, I realized that people want to talk. That was a lot of the things that got tweeted at me was, we need more spaces like this. We want to have more conversations. And so I've I've really tried to jump on, you know, this moment on Twitter and on social media and start start having these conversations. So I've started a, a dialogue and it's nice to actually tweet something and get people to actually like like it and retweet. That was not happening for a while. and um, But I'm trying to see what I can do with it both through my music and through the classroom. So Yeah, we should say you're also a, a rapper too. You're a rap artist. Yeah, you know, that's the funny <laughs> thing. I put out music and try to go viral like on purpose and then I go accidentally viral through this, so I guess this is the sign of like what I need to put my focus on. Maybe the rapper life isn't going to be there for me. One thing I did want to ask is, you know, so Shrine Mission East student body, vast majority of whom are white, eighty six percent. Yeah. Um, how did that affect this conversation, or how did this affect? Mm-hmm. I mean, even I mean, David, especially you're black. How you prepared for it, or how you kind of set the ground rules? I knew going in that I had to be very cautious about not coming across like a bully um, because st- students know that I'm, of course, I'm African-American. They can see that uh, I'm Muslim, you know, and that tends to some somehow everybody assumes that I'm very, very liberal because um, of some of the student groups that I support, um, you know, a lot of humanitarian causes. So I wanted to make sure that I, I didn't come across like I was leaning towards one way um, or trying to silence another side or like it was a, a an opportunity to jump down the backs of those who were pro-Confederate flag. Um, so I was very cautious of, and then I got some, I did get some pushback from this, from this latest viral thing was people were like, well, why didn't you let Chris talk the whole time and like, um, you know, really like support those? I was like, well, then that would have been unfair. You know, like you have to sometimes let people speak themselves into falsehood. Let them talk it out. You know, whether I agree with them or not, I pat them on the back and yeah okay so what do you think about that you know like lead them towards realizing that they're wrong and sometimes the look gets in their eyes like oh i don't have enough information here but it's not me saying it you know so i was really really telling myself over and over to be patient to be calm this isn't about me it's about the students i wasn't the one debating you know so 
David Muhammad, you're still a teacher of international relations and economics at Shawnee Mission East High School. Christopher Justice, you're now graduated but about to go to college at Wichita State University in the fall. Good luck with that. Thank you. And thanks to both of you for joining us. No problem. No problem.